It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Pereno and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's Conference. Well, welcome back to Beyond the Building. I'm Debbie Kiever. Laura Pereno and I are here to join you again as we are in our November series called Praise You Anywhere. And oh my goodness, Laura, those first two weeks with your friend Pam Peoples, and then last week with um, my son Chip and his wife Natalie. I don't know about you. Do you just love to listen to these uh, powerful testimonies of these guests that we've had? And they've shared about the importance of making a choice to praise the Father in those times where maybe your visibility or your understanding of what's happening around you is so limited, or for Chip and Nat, where you are choosing to praise the Father in times where you find yourself waiting and waiting and Mm. waiting. Mm, It's so, so true. And the stories have been so powerful. I know with each one of them, Debbie, I'm sure uh, just like you, I've been reflecting afterwards for such a long time about what was shared because they shared their story, right? Mm -hmm. And there's an authority that comes when we share our testimony, right? The Bible says in Revelation uh, 12, 11, that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And yep. I think sometimes it's it's easy for us to think, oh, we're just we're just sharing our story. No, like we are doing what God has told us to do, and we are stepping into an authority when we are speaking what God has done in our lives, even when we haven't seen the fulfillment yet. Which I right. love, love that so much. Um, something else that speak, uh, sharing our testimony does is it, it builds up the faith of other people. And so if you have missed uh, the first two podcasts this month, you need to go back. I don't usually tell people what they need to do. I mean, I <laughs> usually think in do. my mind, right? They need <laughs> to do that, but I don't usually say it. But I definitely would say go back and listen to Pam and then Chip and Nat's um, testimony. They're powerful. And if you are walking in a place um, where you need to praise, you know, in, in a challenging situation, uh, they would be great stories for you. Yep. So unfortunately, people are, you just stuck with us today. We didn't have any special guests that we brought in, but that's also, that's a good thing, right, Laura? It's fun. It's fun. Yes. (laughs) Actually, today we are looking at a testimony, but it comes right out of the the Bible itself. We're looking at Abraham's story, man, to worship God in a really, really difficult place. It's a place of surrender where God asked him to lay down an individual who means all the world to him. And Abraham calls it an act of worship, an act of praise, Mm -hmm. which right there, as we talk about it today, man, in the places of surrender, that's the last, I don't usually put the words worship and praise and surrender in the same sentence. Um, But that's where we're going today. There are, you know, we're talking this month about praising God anywhere any time during the times where things are moving along smoothly. It's very easy to just worship when everything is, all your ducks are lined up, Mm -hmm. right? When everything is falling into place. But those times where we find ourselves where it's so hard and where what God is asking of us feels anything but natural, those are the hard times where we have to worship and praise Yeah, I remember when Chip and Natalie were uh, sharing their testimony that Chip used uh, the phrase sacrifice of praise, right? And and I know we've we've heard that before, but it's not till you're going through it that you realize like a sacrifice Mm -hmm. of praise. 
And as you look through the word of God, you know, in the old Testament, there was no time that a sacrifice was an easy thing, right? It was something that hurt. It was hard. And when people in the scriptures, and when we are asked to sacrifice a sacrifice of praise, right? We are, God is asking us to lay it all down. And we all know that that is not easy for us to do. Um, But those are the times when God asks us to offer a sacrifice of praise that really test our faith too, Deb. Mm -hmm. Because um, I know when we go through struggles and God is asking us to offer up a sacrifice of praise, sometimes we can start having some questions in our minds, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Like, God, do you really know what you're asking of me in this sacrifice? (laughs) Can it be an easier... Okay. Can it be an easier sacrifice? I'm not sure that the word sacrifice implies easier at all, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, we, we sometimes wonder like, does he really know what he's asking of me? Uh, mm-hmm. does he really have, um, my good, uh, in front of his heart? It's so easy for our minds to go all over the place. And so we're going to look today at Abraham in Genesis 22, and we're going to see his story. And I really think it's going to increase our faith as we talk about Abraham's testimony. I love the concept of looking at somebody's testimony from the word of God, right? Mm-hmm. It's written down for us. We it get is to their read testimony. It, it yep. is their testimony. I love, love, love it. So yeah, Genesis 22 is where we're going to start today. And actually the whole, I mean, the whole passage in 22 is the whole story. We're just going to sit in verses one to five. Because uh, there's so much, Laura. This is like a month's worth of podcast, yeah. but we're going to use some self control today and stick <laughs> to the first five uh, verses, really, to focus in on this theme. So let me pick up a uh, reading from the NIV in verse one of Genesis 22. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, Take your son, your only son, whom you love. Isaac and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on the mountain that I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and he loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place that God told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and he saw a place in the distance. He said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Mm-mm-mm. Debbie, did you hear that I in know. verse five? I mean, you're right. We could go on and on about this for a long time. But that verse five, he's just been told that he's going to sacrifice his son. And he says to those who are with him, his servants, we will worship Mm-hmm. And then we will come back to you. Now, Dan and I just went to a concert at Red Rock in California. It was amazing. We knew we were going there to worship, right? And I would say, you know, Air One's going to be there. They're the worship channel. They're putting it on. We're going to worship. And so in my mind, if I were to say to somebody, I'm going to worship, people know what I'm talking about. Abraham was not taking his son to Mount Moriah to sing some songs, to attend a worship conference. You know, he wasn't going to Mount Moriah to be part of a a men's conference or even like a a father-son retreat in the hills, right? All of these things. If we hear we're going out to worship, that might be what's in our mind. He was taking his son away from the camp to sacrifice him as a burnt offering. I, I mean, saying that we will go worship. I mean, worship 
in the natural would be the last word that would come to my mind to describe a moment like that. It, it's huge. It's just huge. I just, the whole chapter is full of so many, oh, just so many challenging principles that I, if, you're, if you've not really read it for a while, I would encourage you to go back and read it again and grab your journal, grab your pen, because there's just so much there. But to focus today, sitting on the idea that there are just times where God calls you, right? It calls your name, Debbie. And you're like, yes, Lord, I'm listening. And then you hear what he has to say and you feel like going, I wish I had not answered, mm. right? I wish I had not heard what he just asked from me. And yet when he plays it out there, I want you to, I want you to go through the greatest surrender, the greatest sacrifice. And I want you to worship. That is a test. I mean, it goes right back to the very first verse. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. God will test us to see, will you worship when I ask you to surrender things? It's not like, will you worship Laura and Dan when you are in a beautiful state listening to some amazing worship mm -hmm, leaders? Mm -hmm. No, it's when I'm asking you to lay it down, mm -hmm. laying, laying something down. Will you worship? That is a yeah. test to see what's inside. It really is. And, and the Hebrew word, if we look at the original language, which we love to do here, um, that word for test means to prove or to try or to test. And uh, we all know or we've experienced the fact that God will allow us uh, to be in situations to test or to see what we really believe. Mm -hmm. um, one of my favorite, favorite illustrations that Priscilla Shire does is she holds a, a glass and it has it has water in it and she starts shaking her arm. And the water starts coming out and she asks those who are listening, um, why is the water coming out? And of course, your answer is, well, because you're shaking your arm. There's a shaking. And she says, no, it's not the shaking that is the reason that the water comes out. The reason the water comes out is because reason water is what is inside. Mm -hmm. And so when the shaking happens, it comes out. Mm -hmm. And I thought that's so amazing because hard times, we see what Abraham's going through here. We know what our challenges can be. The testimonies that we've heard shaking or hard times bring out what is really on the inside of us. And mm -hmm. so that's that Hebrew word of test to prove, to try. God will allow us to go through situations in order to see what's inside. Um, Abraham had been following God for a lot of years God had made him a promise, right? He was going to have land. He was going to have a family. There was this covenantal promise that he was going to have a large family. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, he's literally saying, take your son of promise that this large family is supposed to come through and nations would mm -hmm. come through and put him on the altar, right? And he had worshiped God in the waiting for years and years and years. And, and I know we all can relate to that when we waited for a long time and we've worshiped God, you know, through it. And then to get the thing, right? To have your prayer mm -hmm. answered, man, he had worshiped God on the journey when he didn't understand. And here he is now on Mount Moriah, not knowing where God's taking him or where he's taking his family. You know, Lara, when I think of some people that I admire, that I've watched their faith over decades, I think that the times that my respect for them, my admiration, my, man, I'm just impressed type mm -hmm. moments has not come from things they've taught or things they've shared when things are falling into place. It's when they've been tested. Yes. It's when they've been dealt a really hard blow. 
um, unexpected news or really challenging times. And you watch, you watch how they are responding in those moments, because like you're saying, the real stuff comes out. Everybody can put a cheery face on. That's right. For a, for a period of time. But there's a certain point where you can't just hold it in anymore. And that's, I think that's what people are looking for. They want to see what are you really made of? What's mm-hmm. the stuff that you're really made of? It's going to come out when God allows us to be tested. Yep. And it's not just about us. It's a, other people are watching and you'd like to think that they're cheering, that they're like, there's truth in there. That's the real deal is going to come out because they're looking to see, is this faith that you proclaim the real deal, even when things are hard. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that Abraham responded the way that he did. I'm really glad that he did because I hold on to that. Like it is possible. Yes. You know, yes. too. I do find it interesting that he didn't tell Sarah where he was going. Yeah. Because I don't think she was quite prepared. That's right. To, like, to say, sure, right. I'll, you can go off and sacrifice my only son. I think, you know, the clause would come out because we were to relate to that because now you're messing with our kids. Absolutely. And Debbie, I think there's something to that, right? When God gives you something hard to do like this, right? It's easy for other voices around us to say, yeah, God really didn't say that to do that. Right. 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 So there's something there too, because we need to be listening only to him and sharing it only with those he tells us to share. That's right. right? So that we'll be in tune with what he's doing. Uh, So another phrase in these first five verses that really struck me, like just listening to, can you just picture like, Abraham listening to God, take your son, mm-hmm. your only son, whom you love, Isaac. Now there's four qualifiers there, right? Remember Abraham is, has Ishmael too. I could see Abraham going, yeah, take Ishmael. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But take your son. I know he's your only son. I know he's the son that you love. And his name is Isaac. Let's be really clear. This is <laughs> yeah. the one that I'm talking about. Yeah. That son, take him and burn as a burnt offering, sacrifice him as a burnt offering on the mountain that I will show you. Once again, Abraham doesn't even know where he's going, Mm. right? He's been there before. Leave your family, go to a land I'll show you. Take your son that you're going to sacrifice, go to a mountain that I will show you. I just, I, I mean, God is being very, very clear. You know, sometimes I think we may put words in God's mouth. Did he really say I need to let go of that. Here God mm-hmm. is saying, let me describe it in four yeah. significant ways. Make no question. This is the son I'm talking about. That's right. That's right. And you know, even when he told Abraham what to do with Isaac, he said, put him on the altar as an offering. I mean, Abraham was a man who knew all about burnt offerings. Mm-hmm. You know, he knew it was usually a lamb that went mm-hmm. on the altar and how many lambs in Abraham's life. I mean, we know he's a hundred years old, right? When he right. finally, when he finally, when he has uh, a son, gets, yeah, he has the son, right? So this man has been around for a long time. He has seen a lot of lambs killed on the altar. He has participated in a, how much blood, you know, has he already seen yeah. shed on the altar and he knew how to give uh, God his best uh, lamb, the one without spot or without blemish. Like he was to give his best and that was his act of worship. But this ask, I mean, mm-hmm. it's one thing to choose which one's the best lamb, but mm-hmm. to say, oh man, like this one is my very best God. Like this is mm-hmm. my one and only son. Like I love him with everything. Like he is your promise to me. 
And God was literally asking Abraham to take the promise and lay it down on the altar. Like Mm -hmm. Abraham's all, I can't even say that without putting a lot of periods in that sentence because like literally put your promise on the altar, the answer to your prayers on the altar as an act of worship. It's Mm. just huge. It's huge. You know, sometimes you think God's being unreasonable, right? This isn't fair. But as I read that and thinking, man, this sounds like an unreasonable ask that God asked of Abraham. Think about it. It's God is asking Abraham to do something that he himself had already orchestrated Mm. for his own son, Mm. his own promised covenantal son, the perfect lamb, right? The sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins as an act of worship of obedience, Jesus made the choice to go and willingly stay on that altar. I mean, you think of Isaac, it doesn't say that he resisted. We knew that Isaac was of an age where he probably could have pushed over his dad and he didn't because there was this trust, you know, yes, you can bind up my hands. None of this makes sense. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't fight his dad as he allows himself to be bound and then lifted and put on this altar. He's not kicking and screaming and fighting, but neither was the lamb, right? Willingly going to the cross. So God understands, you know, I'm giving my son, my only son, the one that I love as a sacrifice. He knows how hard what he's asking of us is. He's already planned and he planned it. He like Abraham did not plan this. But God had already planned his own son's death because of his love for us. That's mm-hmm. the heart, the good heart of the father. And I do think the reason why God speaks to Abraham on day one and the next morning Abraham packs up and goes is because he trusts the heart of the father. And I think that's Jesus is demonstrating the same thing. I trust God's perspective. I trust the father's heart for me, his heart for mankind. And I'm willing to do this. Now, I remember if you read through chapter 22, which we're not doing, the very last second, right before the knife plunges into Isaac, God stops him and provides a ram. Mm. But when you think of the cross, mm. there was no ram, mm. right? The death, the death of Jesus went all the way through and God didn't stop it. That's mm. just huge. Mm. Debbie, I mean, you know what I want to say right here, right? There is just so much here. And I feel like um, maybe we have a whole month. Let's just call it like a month on Genesis 22. (laughs) (laughs) That might be another series. Maybe. (laughs) Because I think we're all, we have all been there, right? We have all known those moments when God has asked us to surrender. Honestly, every single day is an act of surrender, right? When we're following Jesus. Um, But, you know, God allows moments for us to have our hearts tested um, in things that often are the places that mean the most to us. Mm -hmm. And if you think about that word surrender, like even, I mean, I learned sign language a long time ago. The the sign language for surrender is when you take both hands, you kind of throw them up in the air and you have open palms facing Mm -hmm. out. You know, it's, we would all make that the sign for surrender because it basically means like raise your hands up take your hands off of the thing that you are trying to control. And Mm -hmm. uh, man, 
we love to do that, right? Because we want to control uh, something. We want to control our story, whatever that that means. We want to control other people. Let's just be real, right? Um, and taking our hands off and surrendering it before God, it doesn't mean that we don't care about that thing or that circumstance or that person anymore or what the outcome would be. Actually, uh, reflecting on this, I think it actually means that we care more. That's right. Right? That's right. Because we are willing to take our hands off knowing that God's hands are all over it. Mm-hmm. And we get to choose what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And when we take ourselves out of that position of control, out of the driver's seat, and we yield that control over to the Lord, that is the place of surrender. And that's what we see Abraham walking out in his story. Mm-hmm. That's what we're called to do in the places that we're holding on to. Mm-hmm. This this passage is very personal for me. Um, as a mom of two sons, I, I have, you know, you and I both love to journal, but this particular passage, there were years in their high school years, which were tough. And I have so many times that I literally drew an altar in my journal and I put a stick figure on there and I put their name of the boy right in that spot. And the Lord would say, step back step back. I remember the first time the Holy Spirit put that visual, I was at a conference and I was struggling, right? I was struggling through some things and the mama in me wanted to control the storyline. And anytime I was trying to control it, it would backfire. It wasn't working. And I remember very clearly the Lord said, here's the altar. Like I could just see it in my mind's eye. Here's the altar, put this son on that altar. Mm -hmm. Now step back, step back and trust my heart, trust my heart for your child. And so there are many, there are many stick figures and altars drawn in those years in my journals. But for me, it was such a, it was a conscious decision because I am type A, I am, I lean towards control. And this man, this is, nobody wants their mother breathing down their neck, controlling Mm -hmm. things. And if you think that's going to turn someone's heart to the Lord, Mm. you actually are pushing them away. And so I had to step back and trust that God, you know how to write the story for this son. And he has faithfully done that. He has Amen. faithfully done that. But it's um, for me, this was a, this was so practical about stepping out of control. It doesn't mean I wasn't still mom, that I didn't still have boundaries and rules. And we, not that we didn't have some conflict. It also didn't mean that I didn't love him, you know, or care by stepping back. Like you said, it was because I loved him and God said, let him go trust them to me. I wasn't just letting them go to the wind. I was trusting the control piece to the father. And I learned in that time that God was trustworthy. Mm. But it was that worship, God, I will worship you in the surrender. Whew. Uh, that was really hard. But the more I began to see that God started working in their hearts, mm. I'm telling you, the worship started to switch a little bit more. Mm. More like, God, you are in control. You are doing things that I, I haven't mm. been able to force to the issue. And so for me, that verse was really significant for, as a mama. Amen. Amen. It, it, it's huge. It's huge. Cause I think it's interesting. The things that we try to control, right. Are people yeah, <laughs> and circumstances. I mean, that that's pretty much the thing that, especially as women, right. That's what we can try to control. And, um, I too, I hear you on the laying down your child. You know, if, if you, if you are a, a mom out there laying down your child on the altar is, is a huge, 
huge thing that God asks us to do. And then if we, if we bring it over to, and I definitely have done that with Emily and also with my granddaughter. And I know you've done the same, right. With your Mm -hmm. grandkids. Um, but, uh, the thing that hits me is like circumstances, because I love the fact that the Bible tells us that in the book of acts, right. That he orders our steps and, and he has the plans for us and, and he knows where we're going to be and where we're going to live. And I just remember, um, sometimes it's hard in our most broken situations to surrender to God because we're already so broken. We're kind of like, mm-hmm. God, what in the world now? And and I feel like there are times in life where it's just like um, the punches just keep coming, right? And we can't even mm-hmm. stand back up and we kind of want to control something. I remember in uh, 2010 when my dad passed away and that was a, I mean, really, really hard time uh, in our life, in my life. And at the same time, I had this like dream job for me where I was working at Wilmington Christian School. I was a fifth grade teacher, loved my kids so much. I just really was so grateful for the opportunity to teach them Bible and so many other things and great team I was working with. And I remember so clearly, Debbie, that in the, I was out for seven weeks with my dad. And when it was time for me to go back, um, as broken as I was, uh, there was something about going back, right? Because it was a known and it was like, mine it was my classroom mm-hmm. it was my class you know and I could get back in there and start to feel a little bit like me again and man as soon as I got back in that classroom God told me that I needed to resign oh I can't yeah. even say that still it was 13 years ago and I just remember being you know when you have those moments where you know right just like mm-hmm. Abraham I'll, like take the thing the only thing that's constant right now because your family is a mess you're a mess your heart's a mess the only thing that is actually constant in your life right now. I just want you to let go of that too. Mm-hmm. And I just remember, man, I mean, between grieving for my dad and then grieving for the fact that God would say, put that on the altar. I mean, I will tell you clearly, I put it on the altar, but it it was not without kicking and screaming. I mean, this was not a Mount <laughs> Mariah moment for sure. Um, <laughs> but there is something when God tells us to lay our plans on the altar, mm-hmm. uh, especially in this day and age that we're living in, because uh, there are so many things that are not constant or consistent things that mm-hmm. change all the time. And it's almost like we just want to be able to hold on to something mm-hmm. unknown. And when mm-hmm. God says, take the known mm-hmm. and put it on the altar and then just wait, right? Cause mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you what you're going to do quite yet. And you're going to have some, you're going to have some time in between. It can be very unsettling. And so surrendering our plans and our, what we think our purpose is, um, man, it's, it's, it's mm-hmm. a biggie. It's a biggie. I yeah. think your fo- what you're focused on is what's going to determine where your heart is, mm-hmm. right? Like for you, your focus, you're struggling, right? Because your focus was my job, but the Lord kept shifting your focus. Laura, keep looking at me, keep looking at me. And with, with the boys, Debbie, keep looking at who Uh I am. Look at my perspective. Look at my Uh heart for the kids. I love them actually more than you do. And so the more I shift my focus on the Lord in the moment of the surrender, I do think worship can start to come out because God is always, you say that he's always worthy to worship. And don't don't say that as like this common Christian phrase. Mm -hmm. He is always worthy worthy of being worshiped because he doesn't change. Amen. You know, his perspective is always perfect and his um, ability to be in control is always perfect. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that he lacks. And so God, that's worthy of worship where I'm looking on the ground. Everything looks like it's, it's uh, about to fall apart. 
but God, you never fall apart. So I have learned that as I look to him, as I raise my hands and I, I look to him, I think it gets easier to just trust that God, where you're taking me mm-hmm. is really for my good. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's like, I watched kids during the week and, you know, there are times that you're like telling them you don't go there. You don't do this, yeah, put, yeah, the, yeah. Put, the, put the dog down, you know, things like that. <laughs> and, and I'm like, here, come over to Nana. And I raise, they raise their hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when I yeah. pick them up, they've lost control of where they're going to be. Yeah, that's right. That's which right. two-year-olds don't really like to do. That's right. But I bring them to myself and, and it seems like that settles them down. Yeah versus the what was I trying to I didn't want to let go of something but yes. instead I get to hold on to Nana I think that's where God is saying will you hold on to me and let me take care of what's on the ground mm, so good well as we wrap this up uh today um knowing that we could certainly stay on this chapter for a lot longer um I guess we can all reflect on our own hearts uh you know Abraham had the one thing that he would never want to give up if it was his own call. Right. And we all have that one thing. Maybe it's a a something or a someone that is so special to us that God is asking us to surrender to him, right. To surrender our control over to him. Um, you know, it may be a person in our life where we have to say, God, uh, I, you are the only one that can work this story out for your good. So I'm going to take my hands off and I'm going to let you lead, right? Like you, like you do. And, or maybe it's an opportunity like a job or a position or a dream, man, that's a whole nother story right there. Something you've always desired to do, right? And you haven't mm-hmm. seen it come to pass yet. It's so easy to mm-hmm. get ahead of God, right? That's another act of surrender. When you say, I'm going to wait, I'm going to mm-hmm. wait God, um, or something you own, you know, is God telling you to walk away from something who knows what it is, but as we get our journals out or we, you know, get on our knees and just have some time with, with God, you know, what is it, God, that you want me to lay down Mm -hmm. um, for you? Yeah. If you're kind of wondering, I can't figure out what it is. Think about, well, first of all, ask the Holy spirit because he will probably start to highlight something, but what is it that you become anxious about? You know, what keeps you up at night? What are your thoughts mulling over because that's typically something that you're trying to control. Mm -hmm. So where's your anxiety tied? No, my dad loves to use this analogy. You take a blank piece of paper. And now that you've highlighted, what is that area that you tend to be anxious about the control piece? You're, you're basically giving God this blank piece of paper that you have signed your name signed at the bottom and said, God, whatever you want to put on that blank piece of paper, as the plan for this particular area, I have already said, okay. That's right. And and right there, it stops you dead in your tracks because that is the altar. That's right. That's right. That is Amen. and my trust your heart. Sometimes he gives and sometimes he takes away. God, I'm trusting your bigger perspective and your heart for me. That's always good. So that is a really, um, the altar can be that piece of blank piece of paper. And I'll tell you, I have a number of like, I've drawn squares in my journal, Yeah, the blank piece of paper with the name at the bottom yeah, and, and yeah. say, God, whatever you write on there. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, Deb, this has been good. It may just be the two of us. Mm-hmm. And Abraham. 
Anyway, that's right. There's three. Um, but as we wrap up here, I'm just so grateful for, uh, you know, again, the word of God that he gives us, uh, he gives us this amazing, amazing love letter so that we can read and learn from it and encourage each other with it. Um, mm-hmm. so praise God for his word. Grateful for Abraham's story. So grateful for the Ram Woo! and mm-hmm. grateful for the lamb of God, right. Who in full surrender bought our, our salvation, like, like Deb was sharing earlier. Um, next week is our last week on this, um, series of praise you anywhere. And we've talked about the hard places where God calls us to praise, but you know, it's also important to praise him on the mountain. And, uh, we're going to talk about that next week. So I hope you'll join us then. Um, if this has been a blessing to you, if there is something you're kind of thinking, wow, this has touched my heart. I bet it would touch so-and-so's heart as well. Share it. Um, man, we can all learn something from Abraham's story and from and from the Holy Spirit speaking into our lives. So thanks for being a part of uh, what God's doing here. We look forward to seeing you next week and keep praising him anywhere, right? All right, take care. Take care, guys. We believe that God will use what was shared to encourage you as you step into the more that he has prepared for you today. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, remember, you were created for more.